if you're like, I want to make $10,000 a month, like, why not make a million dollars a year, right? right. And it, make it so ridiculous that it snaps all of your decisions and your thoughts. So like, is this what that person would do, right? I want to make a million dollars and I want to donate $200,000 of it to charity. And it's like, is this what that kind of person would do? And then you'll start realizing like, hell no, it's not. Like, I'm not showing up as the person that I said that I want to be. So yeah. do I want to be that person or do I not want to be that person? And that's super powerful and it keeps us congruent. We have an intense human requirement for congruence and we live in an incongruent world right now. Like what we're being told and what we're being shown and what is different. And so like people are unhappy, they're deeply unhappy because we have this driving psychological need for congruence where things make sense. Hey, I'd like to give a special shout out to the sponsor of our show, The Makeover Master. I can't say enough good things about them as they've done a ton to help grow our show and support our mission through their branding and brand strategy help. Honestly, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without them. Here's the deal. If you run a business and you want more awareness, leads and sales, everyone out there is telling you that their strategy, tool or tactic is the magic pill that will give it to you fast and easy. But these quick fix solutions don't work for most because most businesses are either missing the foundations or they're out of order and the foundations are what make all these online strategies work. Well, I have some awesome news for you. Because of our sponsorship with The Makeover Master, I'm able to give you their $997 foundations course for free. I've been through this course myself and it is packed with so much value and it's unlike any other course out there today. You can get through it in less than a few hours and it will completely transform your perspective on what really matters and why it matters when it comes to having more success with your business online. If you go to the show notes of this episode, our sponsors page, or visit ericallenmedia.com foundations today, you can get access to the course completely free. And I'm not really sure when this free offer is going to end, so go to ericallenmedia.com foundations and get your free $997 gift from me to you. Callie, you're a husband, father, entrepreneur, you're the coach. Uh, you're also a host of the End Hype Show, part of Arte Syndicate. Tunch more, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. It's nice I to like, be here. Thank you, man. I like to go back with my shows. I, always the first question I ask my guests, but where did you grow up and, and where, what was childhood like for you? So I'm I'm here in Northern Virginia, so we're we're like 30, 40 minutes outside of DC. I mean, it depends on traffic or traffic span. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's pretty terrible. So it could be two hours. It could be 20 minutes. It depends on the day. But uh, I don't know. You know, childhood was interesting. We, as a as a family, we moved a little bit farther out, and there wasn't a whole lot there. And then, of course, this area just just continued to grow and grow and grow. And now we're the epicenter of everything. So where our business is is called Data Center Alley. So the majority, the vast majority, 80%-ish of the world's internet traffic goes through my backyard. And it used to be horse farms and cattle farms and stuff like that. So we're, we're tech heavy. Of course, we're defense heavy. Yeah. Um, but I grew up in manufacturing. So skilled blue collar trade. I grew up in an artistic slash manufacturing uh, household. So entrepreneurial household grew up making stuff and doing things. And yeah, so a little bit different. Uh, everybody's in IT or in defense here. So yeah, a little, little different perspective. But. And your family's been in the manufacturing, isn't it? Your, your own family's business like since like the 1950s, right? 
Yeah, that's that's correct. So my my grandfather was in the Navy and he got out of the Navy. He had a machinist position there, went in, worked for some of the uh, the big defense contractors of his day. Of course, they've been acquired and acquired and acquired. Right. But uh, he founded a business, he sold that business and then founded the business that we have. And then my dad took it over. And now my brother and I run that company. So, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, yeah, and I mean, on top of all that, you're you're the president and founder of the Red Blue Collective, where you, you coach what you call you know innovative misfits, uh, and they just feel like entrepreneurship's kind of that only way to be fulfilled and financially free and things like that. What's yeah. that process look like for folks to work with you, and how do they get involved in that Misfit Brand Academy that you have, man? That's super <laughs> rad. Yeah, so so this is interesting. Is that as, as we focus the one company K Form and say like, hey, this is this is who pays the bills. I, yeah. I've developed hundreds of products for companies of all sizes. Um, We've made stuff for National Geographic. If you ever look at Shark Week and that uh, video canister they put on the back of whales and sharks and penguins. I've made things for high altitude camping. We've made things for fire departments, but I've mostly made things for the military. And uh, I I really liked working with the entrepreneurs where they would go from their basement to the boardroom and look at that whole cycle of going from ideas like sitting at my table just like where I do the podcast yeah sketch something out and then see them get acquired in a few years for you know eight figures or more I like that but entrepreneurs are squirrely so I was like I'm gonna found this other company you know what I'm talking about right totally and, and that's it's like I mean that in the best way possible, right? Because yeah. they're trying to change the world, right? Yeah. And when you try to change the way that things are, there's a lot of friction and difficulty, unique, especially unique to making physical products, making something exist that doesn't exist, right? Yep. So I founded Red Blue Collective to kind of package up all of my experience uh, over on that um, kind of big boy manufacturing level, sitting shotgun, seeing all those successes and failures and all the fun stuff that people do and then say, hey, we're just going to offer that to startups and entrepreneurs and get out there. And uh, yeah, so we've done that in a couple different capacities over the last five years, spoken at anywhere that would take me. So national events, uh, spoken at the USPTO. I've spoken at all the local universities, a um, couple places, of course, no, no place uh, recently. So I've been taking that online with the podcast. Yeah. And just talking to people like yourself, uh, talking to people in the syndicate, you know, and just helping where where I can and having all those conversations led me to spin off uh, Misfit Brand Academy. So NBA is just a little jab at those, you know, fancy, <laughs> fancy fools, right? <laughs> yeah, I totally, dude. I love it, man. It's yeah. such a cool name, man. <laughs> so so just just as an aside, like, you know, I, tr- I try to keep it on the on the level, but like I have a, this personal mission and th- this is an us versus them thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of puffery in the world. There's a lot of puffery in the startup world and the business world and the entrepreneurship yep. world of like people that have done it once. And then they're saying this is the way to go. But that's just survivor bias. There's a lot of fancy people with degrees and certifications that have never done anything. There's a lot of like bankers that invest in companies and then pretend like they're entrepreneurs. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of there's a lot of just nonsense, right? So that's why I have the end end hype podcast. That's why my whole brand is like, you know, we're brilliant misfits. We're people that don't really fit in. Like I had to, I had to fail through college a couple of times before I got it right. You know, I never really fit in in school. I was always trying to do my own thing, and uh, that serves me really, really well today because I'm like, I'm 
I'm the guy, I'm the, I'm the nerd that other people hire to go figure stuff out because I was always the guy who wasn't doing what I was supposed to and learning my own stuff. Right. So yeah, it serves me well today, but everybody gets it immediately. They're like, that's me. I'm a brilliant misfit. I'm like, well, of course you are because otherwise you'd love your job. You'd want to stay there. You wouldn't want to go through the, the pains and the, you know, the, the wins and the, you know, ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. You'd just be happy. Like, you know, just chilling right so yeah oh it's so true man like i i've always felt like i've had this entrepreneur spirit in me i started my lawns at 10 years old like you know had my same clients for two years in a row and you know then after that it kind of got crazy in my childhood but like you know i've always had this thing where i'm like i just want to be my own boss man and i still work a nine to five but i i'm blessed to work for a small startup and i get to kind of be flexible with jumping on the a podcaster in the middle of the day but I'm the same way. Like I worked so many jobs in my life and my throughout my career. Like I always just got bored with them. I'm like, dude, this is not what I'm supposed to be. This is not what I'm passionate about, man. You know, and I did sales for 12, 20 plus years. And I, I think funny, I was counting with my wife like uh, last week or something like that, but we were like, dude, I think I've had like 30 jobs in my life. And it's like, it wasn't on purpose, but it was like, I would just get bored. And I'm like, man, this is not for me. And like, I keep doing something else. But, uh, you know, luckily it's a, uh, I've had this passion of just doing podcasting and then having awesome entrepreneurs on my show like yourself. But for those that are out there that they're like, oh, I want to do this side hustle or I want to do this, be an entrepreneur, but I work this full-time job and I don't have time. Like, what do you say to people who say that? Oh man, there, there's, there's, so this is something that people encounter and there's, there's, there's a perceived obstacles in life, right? And yeah. perceived obstacles are the hardest to overcome because they don't, they're not real, right? Yes. So one that also I encounter is somebody, everyone has a million dollar idea, right? And I, I call them shower thoughts, right? You're just in there and Zeus hits you with a lightning bolt and you're like, ah, I want to ruin my life over this idea. <laughs> and like, and, but the first thing that people do is they say, oh, well, I need it. I need $384,000 of investment. And then I can make that idea happen. Or they say like, yeah, I would create, you know, a multi-million dollar company, but like, I already have this job that pays 60 grand a year. So I don't have the free time. And, and it's like, we, we create these barriers for ourselves when we know perfectly well that we can break down a goal. So what, what I do is I have people kind of future pace and we have, we have three dimensions in life that we can, we can index on. So this is kind of like a manufacturing thing, but we have health, wealth, and happiness. So three degrees of freedom, 3D life, right? Yeah. And we can look at that and say, what would be my ideal future state? What would my life look like? What would my connection look like? What would my bank account look like? Yes. But like, what would my time look like and my health look like? Because if, if my health sucks, my business is going to suck. If, my, if I get divorced, my business is going to suffer, right? So we need to work as a full human being. And what's crazy is most people, they want to start a business, but they've never thought of why they want to start a business, what their life would look like if it was successful, what that business would do, who would service, like, what are our goals? So like, we look at, we, we try to create an idealized future and we're going to reverse engineer that. And we're going to ask who we're going to serve. And then we go out and talk to them. And there's all, people have real problems and we can solve some of those problems very easily. They don't require eight hours a day, which is just a fictitious framework, right? If you love something, you could work 12 or 14 hours a day. If you're great at it in a couple of years, you might work two hours a week. I don't know what you're doing, right? right? Totally. It's, but that's, see, that's, again, that's based on your goal and what your framework is. You say, I want to build a business that requires five hours a week. Well, stop spending, you know, a hundred hours a week on it. Start spending five and let's structure 
the processes in place and get some VAs and like, let's just see what it would look like, right? Let's put that constraint in place. Yeah. And, and uh, this is really interesting because again, perceived obstacles are the most difficult to overcome because it, I, I can't just come in and be like, that's not true. You know, I have to show a different way and structure it a different way and give some aha moments. And we, we talk about that in, in MBA mm-hmm. a little bit, um, but we, we start out with easier opportunities. Like if I have a podcast and I have a bunch of people that listen to it and you have an amazing product, like here's a really easy business opportunity. Eric, you have an awesome product. Can I sell it to my audience? Yeah, and you're like, hell yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> like nobody says no to that, right? Right. And, yeah. and I'm like, my audience likes Eric. I'm gonna introduce my audience to Eric and his products, and like I'm gonna train my audience to start buying from me. And I didn't do any investment or anything, and I could be like, hey, if somebody buys from me, can I give them a discount code and can I get a buck? And like everybody has seen that on YouTube, right? But when I tell people like, you know there's there's modalities of business that are that are relatively straightforward and simple and we can take it through these stages of like selling other people's product right yeah it's uh, the good old opp right mm-hmm. and we can go white label products we can go private label products we don't have to do a custom product you don't have to pay me two hundred thousand dollars to design a custom like home automation product from you from the get you need to train an audience that is dying for you to come up with that. And then you drop that idea into a machine and into an engine for your success. So you like, you already, you already know I have 30,000 people on this list and like, I'm going to, they're ready for it because I've put out the media. I've trained them with other products. And like, I have partnerships in the market. Cause remember that guy, Eric, that I sold his product. Like he's a big fan of me now. And he's going to help me promote like all that stuff. We can structure it layer by layer to be successful instead of uh, worrying about, I don't know, ruining yeah. our life. <laughs> right? No, <laughs> no kidding, man. It's awesome, man. Yeah. So good. Dude. And like you, you have this, you kind of touched base on this earlier, but you know, the end hype show, it's your podcast. It's so awesome, yeah. by the way. Probably one of my favorite episodes is, is with Nate Bailey, who's such a great dude and his story is awesome. But you, yeah. in that episode, you talked about doing the 75 hard twice and yeah. just being consistent with it. I personally, I tried the 75 hard. And for me, I, I couldn't get that second work in at the end of the night because I would get off work and want to spend time with my family. And so I ended up doing a, a, a moderate or moderation to that. And I did like 90 days straight of 45 minutes of cardio and you know, ended up losing 30 pounds. And that was me last year before I turned 41. So I was like, man, That's this awesome, is awesome. Man. Right. But I had to stay consistent. I actually started and quit like six days in. And I was like, screw this, man. I got to get back in. And I did 90 days straight. But like, you know, I'm always intrigued by people's morning routines. Like, what's your morning routine like? And, and then how do you stay consistent on the path to success and things well, like that for you? So, so first of all, um, I did just fail 75 hard. So as well. So okay. like it's not and that's kind of a good analogy for um, for entrepreneurship in general. Right. Yeah. Is we we can fail at something and like, what's the penalty for failing and just starting over as long as I create an environment that um, facilitates failure learning and, and growth. Like I can fail as much as I want while I'm still winning. Right. So yeah, I failed. I can just start again. Right. But, uh, but that, that, that is a difficult thing for people to get over that are, come from the academic world or the employee world because there's zero room to, to allow for like, let's say positive failure or just normal learning, right? It's totally. like, go out, 
learn this just enough and implement it just enough to make sure that you're right. And I'm like, well, running a business, I have to, I have to make, you know, I have, I have to make some, uh, you know, more risky moves. I have to like hop on a plane sometimes. I have to, <laughs> totally. you know, I have to go sell something and figure it out, right? I have to constantly put out, put out problems. And um, so that's, that's one thing. And that's going to filter back, I, I swear, yeah. <laughs> circle back, because <laughs> this is where people ruin their uh, consistency. They ruin what they're trying to do. They ruin their routines because they, they hit a pebble. And over time, like our level to accept like the difficulty and failures and things, it just rises and rises. So like, you know, people are like, well, you know, like I, I, I ran out of milk for my cereal this morning, so I'm not going to go to work today. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you got to be, you got to put yourself under like some stress and strain. Yeah. So those like little things, you know, they just seem less. And that's what Nate, Nate and I were talking about. Yeah. And it's why I respect what he does so much. Yeah. But I mean, as far as routine goes, uh, I get up a little earlier. I go to the gym in the morning. Um, uh, that helps me stay focused and kind of burns off some of that negative energy. Yeah. Um, you know, you feel a slight level of accomplishment if you can do that. I'm, I'm not one of those like super million do dollar morning people that do like the journaling and the don't touch their phone, do all that stuff. I, I, uh, I mean, I just don't do that. I, yeah. I, I, maybe one day I'll, I'll evolve myself into something uh, a little bit more respectable <laughs> than that. But, you know, I'd rather, I, I think I'm doing okay. You know, I go yeah. to the gym, like I'm in manufacturing. Um, so my day starts pretty early. Like work starts at seven thirty, not nine or 10 o'clock. So like right. if I'm going to the gym, it means I'm getting up at four thirty or five and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. And I, I use time blocking during the day. It's a bit, it's a good tool. It's like, yep. I use Calendly. So for different flavors of people that I'm going to speak to, they have allotted portions. So like, I know that I, I love talking to people about their ideas and my discovery calls are all six to nine o'clock at night. So every okay. day, boom, 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 you know, like, and that's kind of my wind down, but it's, it's like, I can train the mode of my uh, emotion and thought and how I show up if it's the same time every day. And I hate getting interrupted because I already have intense ADD. So I need to stay focused, <laughs> totally. you know, t time block myself. And that helps me stay uh, on, on track. And uh, other than that, like, I want everyone to pick what they want to do. What See, people pick, the, and I did an episode on this, people pick goals that they're just garbage. They're not self-serving at all. Yeah. I want somebody to understand what they want their life to look like in three years and then what their life should look like at the end of the year and then reverse engineer what they should do to achieve that this year. So mm -hmm. instead of instead of saying like, I want to lose 10 pounds, like if, if we can, you know, those are like the smart goal, the smart, smart goal, like make it measurable, make it this. I yeah. want it to be intensely visual and I want it to be big enough. So it pulls me through all the problems. And then I want to reverse engineer like actions and goals that are in alignment with that. So like, if, if you're like, I want to make $10,000 a month, like why not make a million dollars a year, right? right. And it, make it so ridiculous that it snaps all of your decisions and your thoughts. So like, is this what that person would do, right? 
I want to make a million dollars and I want to donate $200,000 of it to charity. And it's like, is this what that kind of person would do? And then you'll start realizing like, hell no, it's not. Like, I'm not showing up as the person that I said that I want to be. So yeah. do I want to be that person or do I not want to be that person? And that's super powerful and it keeps us congruent. We have an intense human requirement for congruence and we live in an incongruent world right now. Like what we're being told and what we're being shown and what is different. And so like people are unhappy, they're deeply unhappy because we have this driving psychological need for congruence where things make sense. Right. Right. Dude, I'm, I'm with you. I'm an early riser as well, man. And I think just being consistent is all about like having that routine sort of like, you know, you have the time block and that's what I do. I get up at 4am six days a week myself. And so I'm up and, you know, time block in the first half hour is photo, you know, editing for shows and the next half hour is reaching out to guests. And the next half hour is, you know, listening to clubhouse or, you know, listening to a podcast or, you know, things like that, man, that really helps yeah. me just get my day up and up and going, man. You've worked with so many like, awesome leaders in the manufacturing industry and entrepreneurs and startups. Is there one thing that you've seen throughout your conversations with them and guests on your show that has really worked or has helped them be successful like they are? I think one of the, so something that, that I realized about myself and then I've seen this mirrored in other people is that people that are successful, they stop trying to be the smartest person and they try to be a more helpful and connected person, right? And that is a big deal. And I have to say that like having the podcast or even having Clubhouse is really up to this onto another level. But I spent, I spent 10 years in product development and this is because I started on that so young trying to be like smart, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be smart. And I realized like to get to the next level of success, like I had to be more of a connector and more of like, almost like a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Totally. So, so I really went deep into more of personal development direction versus like becoming a better engineer, engineering mind or a better inventing mind, uh, you know, better at, at using CAD to draw, you know, instead of going farther into that hole, I kind of went into the more the human aspect of it. And I've noticed that the startup leaders that are successful they, uh, they have that and in an end hype way too. They're not bloviating about like the philosophy of how they're gonna change the world. They're just doing it. They're just mm -hmm. connecting and attracting people to their team for free uh, or on, in, a, in a positive way. They're just impacting people. So I, I try to be more like that because I've seen everyone that I've helped that's been successful. That, it's a nice way of saying this. This fights back fear. The fear of failure sure. is is that like the other side of that is connecting to people, right? Yeah. yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I've never really like I've been in sales for twenty plus years, but I've never considered myself a good sales guy. But I feel like I'm great with networking and relationship building. I think that's really what what continues to, you know, uh, that's what I've seen a lot of in my cases. Leaders like the way that they are, the reason that they are is because they've been able to network and relationship well. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's that's big for me. Last question here for you. What are you most excited about for 2021, man? <laughs> well, I'm, I am really excited about the group coaching thing because uh, traditionally my one-on-one my -on -one, uh, consulting is a little outside of the range of somebody that's trying to grow e-com or somebody's at their one year into their business. It's more, that's, it's more heavy handed, right? So yeah. 
I'm really interested in putting this group coaching together and maybe some future offers where I get back to basics, helping people that are like six months in, you know, uh, yeah, just, just helping people grow versus helping businesses really grow, you know? So I, I don't know, I get, I get pumped up talking to to people about ideas and like seeing, seeing that all work. So I'm really excited about that. Really excited about clubhouse. Um, to see where that goes. I'm having a blast on there. Totally. Um, I want everyone that listens to this to don't get wrapped up in the negativity of internet millionaires. The internet's always been like that. Uh, it always will be like that. <laughs> Thousand years from now, somebody will be like that. Find your tribe there. Go in there and talk to real people. You'll meet amazing people that will help you um, you know, right away. So. I love Clubhouse, man. Been able to connect with amazing people like yourself and and just so many other people that are booked now for my show and be able to just network and things like that. Okay. And uh, man, so many great rooms and they're great people on there. So I, I'm a huge fan of that. I need to be in there more actually during the day. I need to flip that on. But uh, I like to finish my show with just a few fun questions here. You've made, like you said, literally hundreds of products and things throughout your manufacturing career there. What is one thing that you created? You're like, man, this thing's really rad. Or what was the most interesting thing that you made? Oh man, that is... Uh... That's wild. So uh, full disclosure, a lot of the things that I make, I can't, I can't take pictures of for the internet or talk about. Yeah. So um, the one that I, I like to mention, because it's such a great story of entrepreneurship yeah. is I like to talk about if you've ever seen, especially if you're on the East coast, you'll see the spinning chrome light that's on the front of a fire engine. Okay. And, and that was made by a local firefighter, uh, Richard, and that's called the rotor ray and we've made thousands and thousands of these things and i like it because it's a great story about a side hustle he's a full-on firefighter he he uh, bought and restored a vintage fire truck and he had just had an idea for this light and we've been making it for 20 years uh and now his uh his daughter is doing it and it's like he sold, yeah, he sold millions of dollars worth of this thing. And it was just his side business. So like, I, I every time I mention oh, yeah. it, people are like, Oh, I've seen that or I've seen that. Yeah, you've seen it in every TV show, you've seen it in every movie, you've seen it on the street, you've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times, we make it here in Sterling, Virginia. And uh, it's just a local guy doing that's his side hustle. Come you know, on. He, he was a firefighter. So he knew exactly what was needed. And he he designed it, he hacked it like in his basement, and then he had somebody like us make it for forever. So, so yeah. good, dude. Uh, people need to be tuning in to Butter's business daily or tip of the day, right? <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely amazing. I love your dog, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I, I try to keep it light, you know, because yeah. we get it. We we're in a really serious space here totally. um, as people, and I'm like. You know, I want to just give you that little clip and it's almost a jab at the, uh, I call fortune cookie consulting where people say like a little sound bite. So I, I want the sound bite to make sense. I try to make the caption a little bit more value, but I want to grab people's attention. They, yeah, see my silly, uh, wrinkly dog and, and, uh, hopefully they'll stay in, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll stay for the medicine after the sweet, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I love them, dude. And, and I'm a big fan of that dog. Uh, and, and I'm like, we don't have a dog yet, but I'm like, man, we need to get one of these. And I, yeah, I love them, man. Last question for you. I'm a music guy. So I'm to ask this question. What's a favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Oh man. Uh, metal will never die. <laughs> what, so, metal? Yeah. So, nice. uh, you know, I have this distinct memory of, uh, my friend giving me some, uh, 
Ozzy Osbourne and Pantera uh cds like nice. uh forever ago and i listened to it and i was like so this is music this is it because it, it just clicked with me right away yeah and uh there's some other things i i really i really have always enjoyed david bowie i think that's great and it's a huge influence on those things but um but yeah i always go back uh at the gym i listen to a lot of dio and like man of war and like okay. i like i just like cheesy 80s metal a lot <laughs> uh you oh, know dude. yeah but, you know thrash metal is like that's the place in my heart so oh that's awesome i got to see the original black sabbath on tour uh, at Ozfest. i think it was like 98 it was their last tour like ever together supposedly and uh, i just remember being up close and they had like the teleprompter for ozzy to for his own lyrics which i thought was really funny at the time yeah it's phenomenal yeah i caught i caught that locally as well it was uh it was great <laughs> yeah but yeah he, he's he's the king he's the you know he yeah. doesn't get any better right him, so. absolutely man <laughs> Kelly, this was such a great show, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining me, man. You are an absolute, absolute, absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for what you do with your podcast, manufacturer business, man, and talk with entrepreneurs. And uh, man, just keep doing your thing, man. I really appreciate I taking appreciate the time. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also, leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there. And please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.